The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And let's go. It's time for the much anticipated Duff McKagan joke of the week. Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan calling. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, listen, my wife says I don't understand boundaries. At least uh, that's what it said in her secret diary. Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> Duff. Delivering the laughs like he does every single Friday. And Guns N' Roses is getting ready to hit the road again. They just announced a huge summer tour. They're starting off in Abu Dhabi June 1st, head to Europe a week later, then hit North America starting August 5th. Dates and ticket info at GunsNRoses.com. And guess what? Fozzie's hitting the road again as well. We head out March 23rd, kicking things off in Bloomington, Illinois at the Castle Theater. We've got tickets left for that one. We're already sold out in Columbus and Flint, and we're probably going to go clean in uh, Pittsburgh as well. Tickets going fast in all the markets. Thanks to everybody who's coming to the show. And if you want to come join us, FozzyRock.com is all the ticket information and VIP information. Lots of the VIPs are sold out as well, but go check it out and come join us. And Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at C95% sold out, but there are still some cabins available Go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com. All we've announced is Paul White as the guest of honor, which is huge. It's giant. A lot more talent announcements coming. So come join us for the vacation of a lifetime. ChrisJerichoCruise.com. We're going to sell out within the week, so please come join us. Today, Tim Chismar from The Game returns to talk his Jericho with a story almost as crazy as his last one. If you haven't heard The Game podcast episode, go back and listen to that one. It's bonkers. But the bonkersness continues. Is that a word, bonkersness? Tim's talking about another kind of conspiracy, secret society of sorts called the Bohemian Club that exists at Bohemian Grove in the Redwoods just north of San Francisco, where I am right now. It's a male-only, invitation-only elite club that throws a huge two-week-long summer event for its rich, powerful, and mostly white members. And those members are famous actors, musicians, artists, businessmen, and politicians Wait to hear some of the names. The Bohemian Club is filled with crazy rituals. They dress like druids and worship a 40-foot owl god that's voiced by Walter Cronkite. I'm not making this up. And that's the ritual, the creation of care that Alex Jones filmed when he infiltrated Bohemian Grove in 2000. Journalist Philip Weiss from Spy Magazine also snuck into Bohemian Grove back in 1989, 
wrote a big expose piece on the club and its activities and its location. Tim talked to three people who worked at Bohemian Grove and shares what they told him about their experiences. It's crazy. Lots of firsthand accounts and a lot of info about it. And that's what Tim Chismar breaks down. What we know about the Bohemian Club and the Bohemian Grove from its start in history and some of its famous members to some of the stuff that goes on during that two-week festivity in the forest. But is Bohemian Grove just a summer camp for powerful rich men? Or is there something else more sinister and nefarious going on there? We're going to find out with Tim Chismar and Bohemian Grove right here, right now on Talk is Jericho. All right, so a few months ago, we had uh, Tim Chismar come on to talk about the game, uh, which was a, a crazy podcast. And thankfully, you're still with us. I, I was hoping you wouldn't get kidnapped and uh, taken away in the dead of night by the uh, star chamber that runs the whole show over there. No, no, I wasn't. I survived and uh, nobody came after me. I got a couple of, well, I spoke to the guy who was my contact and luckily he thinks that they didn't hear it, didn't see it, but I'm glad you brought it up. Thank <laughs> you for inviting me back, Chris Jericho. This is great. It's me. It's him. It's T-I-M. And I want to I wanna mention on that episode, October 11th, who pulls the strings? The bizarre story of the game. I need to point out a lot of people were commenting that I was lying, that it was that I was making it up, that it was BS. And if I'm going to do another podcast about a conspiracy situation, I need to address if I was lying about it, I would have been more clever. When I did the podcast with you, it was called The Game. And if I was making it up, wouldn't I have come up with something more clever than The Game? But no, that's what they call it. So that's what I told you. The other thing was, um, oh, I told you the facts. I just told you straight up. If if I was lying, I would have told you a situation where a friend of mine looked into the game and he went out one night at midnight and I never heard from him again. I didn't say anything like that. I said exactly what really happened. And I'm going to do the same thing with today's topic because what you're going to get with me is the real deal, brother. Well, and once again, like I said, I, I have no doubt that what you were talking about is real and you experienced it. And I'm, you know, not to get too far in the woods, I'll leave it at this. I'm still not completely sure that I wasn't part of the game, that being on Talk as Jericho wasn't part of the game. We don't know. That was the game. So if you guys haven't heard that one, go back into the archives and check it out. It'll blow your mind. But when we are talking about today's subject of the Bohemian Forest, Bohemian Grove, I had read about this. Somebody had mentioned something. Maybe you posted something about it, Tim, and I had never heard of it before. So I went and did a little bit of research and, and we connected. So talk about a conspiracy and kind of another secret uh, society, a secret world that not a lot of people know about. Uh, we're talking about Bo Bohemian. Is it Bohemian Grove, like Bohemian Rhapsody? Bohemian? So the club is the Bohemian Club, and it exists at Bohemian Grove. So that's the location. Gotcha. Why don't you just take it right away and explain to us what is the Bohemian Club and what is the Bohemian Grove? And Tim, by the way, has about three uh, giant flow charts full of notes over here. So <laughs> Poster boards. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I've done my research. I've been watching documentaries, listening to podcasts. And as an exclusive for Talk is Jericho, I have I have an interview with three people who worked at Bohemian Grove. So you'll be able to hear from them what their notes were about the place. Wow. So no, I'm just, you know, I'm coming into this. I didn't do any research on it because I want to come into it like most of our listeners and not really know exactly anything about this. So continue on with that in mind. That's why you're a good host, 
Chris Jericho. You know, that's the Larry King thing. He used to say when you would have a guest on, he he wouldn't read their book mm-hmm. because he wanted to have the questions anybody else would have. My all time, one of my all time favorite uh, guys to be interviewed by Larry King. Even one week, he was said, and coming up on Friday, my boy, Chris Jericho returns. So I was his boy. Nice. I'm going to open up with a quote from a president. This is from John F. Kennedy in his speech that he gave just before he was assassinated. He said, ladies and gentlemen, the very word secrecy is inherently against open and free society. Our nation by nature has historically opposed secret societies, secret orders and closed gatherings. All over the world, we are facing a monolith and ruthless conspiracy that seeks to expand its influence on the earth and carry out its own ideas by covert means. Their activities are secret and closed to the public. Their mistakes are hidden, and the system is being established with stealth. Ancient Greece had a law forbidding citizens from avoiding public debate. I am confident that with your help, people will become what they were born to be free and independent. Now, the reason I told you that, Chris Jericho, is because. Ten days later, he was publicly assassinated. Hmm. And a lot of people say that it's because he openly was talking about the existence of secret societies, secret organizations, and all of that. So I wanted to, I wanted to put that out there right from the very tippy top. Another quote from a president dealing with Bohemian Grove, which, by the way, I totally understand bleep what needs to be bleep. But I'll just give you the info and then, uh, you know, I, I don't know what's allowed these days. Right. Richard Nixon. His quote that is on his audio from the White House that you can find on YouTube is the Bohemian Grove, which I attend from time to time. But it is the most goddamn thing you could ever imagine. That San Francisco crowd that goes there is just terrible. So there he is addressing that there's something weird. We've already established from JFK there's something weird. And David Gergen, an advisor to several presidents in a Washington Times article, criticized Bill Clinton's team at the time by stating, this was his quote we can find in the Washington Times article. He says, we don't run around naked in the woods like those Bohemian Grove folks. Now, what's interesting is a few years later, he ended up getting so successful that he joined the Bohemian Grove. And when he was at a political event, Alex Jones, who we know is uh, a little wonky do, but sometimes, you know, truth is truth, no matter who says it, he approached him and confronted him with having made those earlier statements now that he was a member. David Gergen said this, I'm a happy member of the Bohemian Grove. It's inappropriate to talk more. Hmm. And so Alex Jones pressed him about a ritual that they do at the Bohemian Grove, which we'll get into, called the cremation of care, which is burning an effigy to a giant owl god. And this isn't theory. This is real. There's video footage and pictures. There's pictures of it, yeah. Yes. So when he asked him about the cremation of care ceremony, David Gergen, again, an advisor to president, said, frankly, that's something I don't need to talk to you about. And Alex Jones, at that point, noticing that he was getting hot about it, asked if he ever participated in it. And he said, oh, no, at first he said that he was the one who broke it. He's like, I'm the one who took the footage there. And Gergen said, well, I disrespect you for that. You violated the understandings. It's so what the understandings, you know, like and uh, and so then he asked him, did he ever participate in the cremation of care? And this is what he said: it's none of your damn business. He didn't say it doesn't happen. He didn't say, I don't know what you're talking about. He acknowledged it happens, it's going on. And then when asked if he participated, he's it's none of your damn business. And shortly after that, he ended up resigning from a bunch of political organizations. 
And I've seen that video. And if you watch it, the guy's getting legit mad. And like you said, the weird thing is he's not going like, oh, bah humbug. Or he's more like, you know, how did you know about this? Oh, you you said something about it? Well, that's disrespectful. Right. And it's like Alex Jones is like, he's like, film this guy. This is great stuff. The guy's just falling right into the trap here. Exactly. And he, you know, he just he couldn't help himself. He had to say a little, you could tell he wanted to say more than he did. And so the last, this is like a cold open. I just want to get a couple in there before we get into the facts. The last one you and I was texting about the other day, John Rich from Big and Rich, the country music band. John Rich posted this on Truth Social, his words, him saying it. And I know, you know, John, so one famous country singer wouldn't stop asking. So I asked him, hey, if I, and he's referring to going to Bohemian Grove. He said, hey, if I go, can I wear the Druid outfit and burn the human effigy at the feet of Moloch? And he said, oh, man, that's just an old tradition. It doesn't mean anything serious. I replied, there's no such thing as pretending to worship Satan. And I haven't heard from him since. This shit is real. I mean, like you mentioned, that's kind of setting the tone here. And once again, John Rich, a no-nonsense type of guy. All of these people, Alex Jones, you know, that they're finding something very fishy and strange here. And if you go on to Wikipedia to look up Bohemian Grove, it talks about it like it's completely straight and, you know, a club, a gentleman's club. You know, not a gentleman's club where there's strippers, although I'm sure there's plenty of, of girls on it. But it's a gentleman's club in that no women are allowed. It's an old school society. What they do not mention is any of the stuff about the burning of effigies, the owl gods, all that other thing. That's kind of more behind the scenes. Well, that's I officially, here's what they say. When you look up what is the Bohemian Grove, because obviously they have to say something all these people are going to. They say the Bohemian Club, an elite invitation-only social club founded in San Francisco in 1872 by a group of male artists, writers, actors, lawyers, and journalists, all of means and interested in arts and culture. Since its founding, the club has expanded to include politicians and affluent businessmen. The club is known especially for its annual summer retreat at what is known as Bohemian Grove in the Redwood Forest of California's Sonoma Country, an event that continued into the 21st century. Notable members have been Clint Eastwood, Henry Kissinger, Walter Cronkite, Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, I mean, on and on and on, Mark Twain, Jack London. The point is, so, you know, we're laying the curve framework. It, it works. It, it exists. It is a thing people go to, they experience. And so what I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get into the facts of all of this right now, very specifically, no more, uh, you know, pontifications, right? Yes. These are the actual facts, right? Now that we've creeped open the door. So here's the deal. It owns over 2,700 acres of property. And it opens with, so all of these rich elite people all over the world, when it started in the very beginning, it was artists, but artists are broke. So they reached out to people who had uh, wealth and means to help support their art. And that's where it began in the very beginning. But a lot of rich people saw this as a very, very rich and powerful people saw this as an example, an excuse to cut loose and be free to do things such as a bohemian where they're not going to be held accountable for what they're doing. And this can't be more shown as an example, then with the cremation of care ceremony. So the deal is the very first night to kick off this two-week extravaganza of rich, powerful, mostly white men, it is called the cremation of care. And there are druids, think of the undertaker, in red outfits that carry a wooden coffin with an effigy of a, a child, which they refer to as care. So that is meant to be 
all of the love and appreciation and uh, involvement that you have, that, that the members have in the world. And they are going to set it on fire while they have things being announced and spoken, which do you know who does the voice? Who? Walter Cronkite. <laughs> of course. Walter Cronkite recorded the voice that plays for all of this. And it is for, you know, two weeks of Mary making a giant owl god statue, which is for Moloch. Moloch, the owl god. And he means uh, knowledge of all things. So what they're doing is they're burning any sort of attachments to this world in the pursuit of, we want to know what the truth is, what everything that's really going on. And so only we are allowed to know the knowledge of this. That's at the top of the pyramid. And so this is on the first night and this is in public with all, when I say public, I mean the people who are allowed into the event. And I, I say that because there have been at least two people who have snuck in one who wrote an article for spy magazine, very detailed about him getting in there. And then uh, Alex Jones. And I'll, I'll go into a little bit of both of their situations as we go through all of this. But uh, I just want to make it clear. So it's called the cremation of care, sacrificing a, a, an effigy child wicker character to the god Moloch. The people around it dress in druid outfits. They scream things like midsummer sets us free and beauty is eternal for beauty is everlasting. Uh, it's a giant, like we're talking 40 feet plus owl god statue, super creepy, opening night. They march in front of a black altar when they do this. And even uh, the famous uh, country singer who was talking to John Rich acknowledged it and didn't say it doesn't happen. He said, ah, it's just this old ritual. Right. Does it mean anything? Yeah. Yeah. So as we're going to get into the details, I, I get that. I can understand and appreciate that there will be people who go to this event because it's out in the woods and they get to drink all the time and pee on trees, which is a big, I know it sounds silly, but as we get into this, they really put a lot of emphasis on the fact that you go to the bathroom outside. There are no bathrooms. Mm. You pee and poo outside on trees and around trees. And it's a big, big thing for them to curse and drink and pee and be crazy. <laughs> it's like a fraternity. It's like a, an all boys fraternity. Just go. No rules. No rules. Except no women. Yeah. <laughs> so some of the things that they say during the cremation of care ceremony, these are the quotes. The sun is once again in, and I can say quotes because of the video Alex Jones has. So you can hear what they chant and what Walter Cronkite, the owl is saying to his minions. The sun is once again in the clutches of the lion and the encircling season bids us to the forest here to celebrate the awful mysteries. Bohemians rise, find home again in the grove, burn care and hurl his ashes whirling from our glade. Come out, Bohemians, come out and play. Come with all the buoyant, impetuous rush of youth, which tends to be an overall theme of the place, youth. Like when we get into the the quotes from the people who actually work there, they respond to it like this is a tree fort. Like you gave a 12-year-old <laughs> boy, he's, he's got a slingshot on one hand, a frog in the other, you know, uh, right. 50 million bucks and said, build this. And it's all, it's, it's crazy, wild, outrageous things out there. Uh, one thing I want to point out now is uh, Walt Disney. So Walt Disney was one of the people who attended. And in one of his animated, what's the one with the dwarfs, the seven dwarfs? That's Snow White? Snow White and seven dwarfs, yeah. So uh, he wrote this in his book, so his own words. In 1936, I was invited to the annual encampment of Bohemian Club, a San Francisco organization of artists and civic figures. The ritual consisted of whining, feasting, and camping out in a redwood grove north of San Francisco Bay. When I returned back to the studio, I completely 
complained of being unable to sleep because of all the symphonies of snores from nearby tents. He ended up describing and going into detail about how the hilariousness of all these people trying to sleep around him and their snores keeping him up, that became a sequence he used in uh, The Dwarf's Cottage in his early animation. So that, that's not, I'm not talking about a, an alien abducting people, but that was kind of a cute little note that again shows how interconnected it is with entertainment and powerful people. And even as simple as Walt Disney, right. when you go to Disneyland, that was inspired by Bohemian Grove. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So let me ask you this. So even though it starts off, you know, we're talking about politicians being there. I know Herbert Hoover was there way back when. So when does word start getting out? You know, fishy things are happening here. And once again, why is this? If, if it doesn't mean anything, as that guy told John Rich, then why is there so much secrecy behind it? Like what's really going on there in your opinion? I... <laughs> Okay, so if I'm going to jump straight to my opinion, because maybe we're maybe we're jumping. I don't want to jump straight to it, but I mean, yeah. if you got a, if you got a timeline, then continue on. But that's that's a question that's rising in my head right now. Oh, you sure. can address it whenever you want to address it. Yeah, I I think there are, are levels and layers, and what I'd like to do, I want to get all the facts out, sure. so that you know and I know the facts. Because when I get into conspiracy, you'll see how weird it is with the stuff that we even know. Okay, the Bohemian Club, their motto. So their motto that everyone adheres to is weaving spiders come not here. Right. Weaving spiders come not here. So that was interpreted two ways of the people I spoke to and what I've read about this. Either don't make business here, but the networking is real. So when you go, you're not officially, you're not supposed to talk about business because this is supposed to be fun. But the other way that can be interpreted is some people say lies are not welcome here. So this is supposed to be a place of truth. These are, you know, men bonding with men, drinking pissing and like, you know, be honest, be real with these guys. Right. Um, there's constant drinking and peeing uh, on all the acres of the Redwood. Two of the legal issues that I think when you ask about it, starting to bro be broken down to the general public, why people are more and more interested. There were two lawsuits related to one thing and one lawsuit, logging. So because it's a Redwood, there's a lot of logging issues about what they're allowed to chop down, what they're not. And so that became a thing that people started looking into. And it's very hidden by doing it at a Redwood Grove, even with planes and drones, you can't see what's going on underneath there. So it's all, it's all hidden. Right. And so what they do with logging has been up for debate and argument and, and lawsuit. The other thing is the women. By not being allowed to have women there in 1978, there was a lawsuit where they were sued by a bunch of different groups. And they won at first by saying that something along the lines of a man being a man, like us having a penis, means that um, we had to be free to, to pee on trees and stuff like that. And women <laughs> shouldn't be around that or understand that. Word. But they end up losing. Right. They did lose. They lost uh, when it kept moving up. They eventually did lose it. And they were forced to allow women to work there. So what they did was they only allow women in two areas, a dining circle and valet parking. So those are both the lowest paid positions and the the smallest area in, in the, like if it was a pyramid, they're like at the bottom of the pyramid, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and they said there was a line for where women are not allowed to cross. Wow. <laughs> it's that old school. 
because men legally need to be allowed to pee on trees. That's what, that's what they said. Uh, so those are the two legal things that started to break things out, you know, and then people started asking, is this, is this just a, a summer camp for rich people? But it started breaking up the question into so much more. And I'm going to get into that right now. Uh, but I do want to say that in order to join the club, it's $25,000 and you're on a 15 year waiting list. Wow. So that's why it's a lot of like inherited, like kids of kids. Yeah. So they really keep it uh, in the family. So it really is almost like a college fraternity in a lot of ways. If you have, you know, your, your father is then you have a better chance of getting in than if you're just coming in cold. You know, I've got skull and bones on my list to talk about, man. So uh, <laughs> and there's uh, currently 2,700 members, 20,000 people on the waiting list. They say if you don't get in by the time you're 40, just give up because you're going to be dead before you get in. Right. The people who are active members are allowed to bring a guest if they're approved. Men of talent pay reduced fees. So that's like an established PNS store, uh, which I have a story about a famous PNS in a little bit here. But if you show some sort of artistic merit to the world, then they can justify lowering it a little bit for you. <laughs> Bohemian, the origin of what they call themselves in their name, and, and the patron saint of their club is St. John of Napoma, who was a 14th century Czech priest who was martyred when he refused to tell the confessions of the queen to the king, because his job was he was the queen's confessor. So the queen shared secrets with him, adulterous stuff, whatever. And the king wanted to know. He refused to tell the king and he got killed. So wow. think about that. The club that is super secretive, their patron saint is the one who took secrets to his death. Would rather die than give up the secrets. <laughs> and uh, the original name of the Czech Republic was Bohemia. So it's super weird. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So one of the things they're super proud about is the birth. And if you did some research, like you said, you were doing a Wikipedia and whatnot. Dr. Edward Teller reserved the grounds in the off time. Because when you're a member, not only do you go to this, but you have it available the rest of the year if you want to do other events. And that's where he laid down the framework for the Manhattan Project, which led to the very first atomic bomb. And that's something they are very proud about. And they talk about it all over the damn club is that it started there, which is interesting because it kind of goes against what they say with the whole weaving spiders come not here. And then he said, hey, come here. Let's talk about doing this bomb. <laughs> so very weird. Uh, the spy magazine guy who snuck in was Philip Wise. He pointed out so some of the things that they do there and I'll get to they do plays and they do poetry readings and they do uh, speeches and, and lectures. And so there is a, an element of that as well. Plus, and they put a lot of money into it. So he specifically, if you read the article, he goes into what's called low jinx and high jinx. And these are plays. And of course, there are no women. So the men who are in the plays dress up as women. So it's a lot of, you know, drag and cross-dressing. Wow. So he said it was all super lame, 11-year-old boy humor. So it was real like, you know, I'm a heifer cow. Moo, moo, moo. Just real stupid <laughs> juvenile stuff. The, the events that they put on, all these plays and stuff, had high budgets, uh, and it's recorded with between 75000 and 150000 um, for them. And there's poem readings. One was written by Jack London. There's musicals. There's Lakeside Talks by Eisenhower, Hoover, Nixon, Neil Armstrong, all these really big uh, names and folks. And I got more from uh, him when he broke in. Uh, because there's a woman in the area named Mary Moore, and she runs the Bohemian Grove Action Network. She's the one who helped sneak him in. You know, like in a conspiracy movie where like you need that guy and then you, you break into yeah. he's got all the newspaper articles, he's been <laughs> yeah. following he's just the perfect yeah, of so course. She, was she was the one who was like, You want to get in there? Oh, let me just tell you. And she has like all the articles, <laughs> and all the brochures and everything. Here's how you do it. So she helped him sneak in. 
It's a left-leaning investigative group uh, keeping tabs online. She snuck uh, him. He was 33 years old. He was a journalist. This was in uh, 1989. He said he ended up spending 60 hours inside, and he saw men openly peeing and drinking, listening to loud music, having plays being performed with men in drag, a lot of art of pelicans, naked women, symbols, pianos out underneath the trees. The open peeing and pooping thing is so all over the place that they have one tree near where they all eat in the outdoors where it's all laid out. And there's a sign on it that literally says, gentlemen, please no PP here, which goes again with the whole childish nature of like, this is just people being ridiculous. I want to point out that the woman who runs that group held protests from 1985 until 88 openly around the Bohemian Grove so that all of these expensive, you know, limos and jaguars and whatever that had to get through had to go through her people. And she pressed it and she had all these hippies and, and women activists and all this stuff trying to make it something happen. And apparently, according to what she says, they paid off reporters and they uh, kept, you know, information about this down. And over a couple of years, they all petered out. And so the, the Grove just got past those people. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You've laid down a great uh, foundation here of this boys club. You go there, you hang out, you hang out with the boys, you, you mess around, you get drunk, whatever it is. All right. What's really going on there? Why, why am I getting all these reports from people going, you got to look into Bohemian Grove? Well, let me uh, let me slip into the first of my three people who actually worked there, and uh, I'll tell you what they said to me. All of them wanted to be off the record, so sure. Here's the first one. She said that she worked there for two seasons. She heard a woman screaming and then stopped from far away, and she heard rumors. So yeah, this is okay. Here's one of the big things. While they have all these activities and events going on during the day, and while it's open about drinking and peeing and a play and whatever the hell. Between one in the morning and four in the morning, that's where the top, 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 top guys go off into the deep into the woods. And at that point, nobody knows what they do. Nobody sees it. Nobody's involved. There's checkpoints and whatever before you go off. That's the thing that an Alex Jones or this reporter or anybody, nobody gets into that. So all of this stuff is, you know, you're allowed to be crazy and wild and childish and all that. But what happens between one and four in the morning? And this is what she's referring to when she says that she heard a woman screaming. Remember, no women are allowed in there. So are they slipping prostitutes in? Are these trafficked kids? Like, what is this? Or it's an audio tape playing, whatever. She heard screaming and then it stopped. She also heard rumors from some of the people who had worked there for a long time about underground tunnels that um, when you go out there, as elaborate and expensive and all this stuff is supposedly underground it gets more elaborate and more. And we know about all kinds of, in case of a bomb or something, there's these underground bunkers and areas where you can, so supposedly there's something really wild going on underground and 
these people are referring to that. She said that a structure made out of nails, this is one of the things that she saw there, she saw there was a structure made out of nails and it looked like things that you would sacrifice somebody on. So all just nails. Oh my gosh. Young guys, this is creepy, but she said that she has friends who work at hospitals in the surrounding area. And since I'm just the facts guy and I just give you the facts, some of the stuff may contradict itself. You know, right. one person might say something's blue and the other person says it's red. So I'm just telling you what they said. She said that young men were having their stomachs pumped for semen and prostitutes and women being brought in during the day, but never seen leaving at night. She said the, the men having their stomachs pumped thing was a really big deal at the local hospitals and they kept it hush hush. Now, the reason that's, that's weird besides the obvious is, is that, I would think that if it's the ultimate elite and they have trafficked prostitutes in an underground bunker, why would they care enough to take them to the hospital? Right. So that's why I'm wondering if it's like an, an early level person who is just like dabbling into gay activities and, and they're, oh, no, what have I done? I better go to the hospital when I leave. Like, I imagine that's a lower level thing. But but think about what I'm telling you. If that's lower level, right? that's why you can get into reptiles and alien people because like, <laughs> oh, you know, when people have stomachs full of semen and they have to get it pumped out. But that sounds like one of those things like when I was a kid, it's like, oh, yeah, Rod Stewart passed out on stage and they had to pump his stomach and found, you know, 10 ounces of semen in there. And then that transferred to Bon Jovi in the 80s and it transferred to I don't know Eddie Vedder in the '90s or whatever. Like whoever, whoever was the target. So I mean, so this, the stomach pumped for semen. I don't even know if that's even possible. But anyways, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, well, you know, these are overachievers, Chris. So you know, if it can be enough, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, right. 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 Yeah. 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 They, she said that they were ninjas with weapons in the trees. So some kind of like security in the trees to watch. Weird rituals. Uh, the two people that she saw there that she recognized because she was young, a young girl when she worked there was George Costanza from Seinfeld and Bill Gates' son. Those were the two that she recognized. Of course, Jason Alexander is uh, his actual name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so cool cars. Uh, she, you know, because I don't know, she either worked with the people who were doing ballet or, or she did it herself. So there, there's no women allowed in the club, but you're allowed to work there. Yeah, you can work in one of the early, it's not even like serving the food, but it's preparation for the food. And then other people take it out. So they really try to keep the women as far away as they can. Uh, She saw cool cars like Vipers, they drove around and she said it was, they were cool and fancy bars. So that's it from one girl. And and again, anybody wants to try to poke holes at me, I didn't just say she saw dead bodies being carried out. (laughs) That's what she told me. Here's another worker who worked there. And here's what she said. She said that she worked there for only two days while she was in high school. So she must have just got fired. She said that uh, she heard strange things before she got fired. Um, For a long time, women weren't allowed to work there. They were only allowed to be, and when they were, they were only allowed to be busters or food servers, but definitely not allowed in all areas. We were instructed to not make eye contact or try to talk to the guests. The property was huge. So we parked in a lot and then in groups were driven over in a van to the outside cafeteria area. I was a busser. I worked in the serving line. It was like a controlled buffet. The men who belonged to the club ranged from all over. They could rent a tent and choose a spot all the way up to a cabin. They focused on it being able to escape the world free of technology. Oh, yeah, we weren't allowed to have any phones or cameras on us. Had to leave them in our cars. Driving to the food place, we would see guys walking around the forest and sometimes peeing on trees. I was in high school, so that was hilarious. I always heard rumors that it was a secret society, but I didn't see anything super weird. The only famous person I could recognize, this is funny, you know, the other one said George Costanza, and this one says Cliff from Cheers. So... (laughs) Where there's drinking. <laughs> you gotta- John Ratzenberger. 
Yes. Ratzenberger and, and, and Alexander just pissing all over the trees. It was it was insane. <laughs> Which, by the way, he doesn't get enough credit for being in house, too. He was amazing. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, good call. <laughs> As the adventure, yes. Oh, and uh, this is her continuing. Oh, and we weren't allowed to accept any tips. I remember emphasizing that we got paid over minimum wage to compensate for it. I remember the guy we reported to was really direct and yelled at us a lot, even if we didn't know what to do. It was an always look busy kind of job. It being my first time there, I found it super anxiety driving. I only did the weekend and didn't come back for the summer. It was like a weekend jinx. She's saying the jinx of so high jinx, low jinx. That's what they call their, their place. Right, right. Anyway, and then she says she wants to stay anonymous. Okay, so that's the two women. That's what they had to say about it. The guy, as you would imagine, for a man has more access inside there, has a lot more details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So let me ask you this quickly, Tim. And these people that, that are your contacts, and obviously they're, 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 they're off the record, how did you track them down? I have a lot of fun, interesting friends, and some of them are um, wealthy. Some of them live in that area of San Francisco and Southern California. So I started off with that, and I reached out to some people because we've talked in passing about this in, in the past. So one of those girls, it took me talking to a friend who talked to her mother. The mother talked to me twice, and then I finally was able to talk to her. So this stuff wasn't just like, eh, I got no, I know Bill at the bar. And he says, I love owls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Schwartzky used to work over there. Hey, you ever work at the Grove? What do you think of Steven? So, uh, <laughs> no, I, I put my time in. I really put my time in, man. The connections to Skull and Bones. Now explain quickly what Skull and Bones is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a secret fraternity at Yale. Not so secret anymore. Everybody keeps talking about it. Yeah. But um, it is rich elite kids. Some of the members have been John Kerry, William F. Buckley, both of the Bush presidents, William Howard Taft. And supposedly they they do things to join favor within the group, like stealing the bones of Geronimo, Pancho Villa, the eighth president, Martin Van Buren, uh, etc. So they do similar to like the Epstein Island stuff or, or the game, it, it's a way of compromising people. So you're all in it together and you're asked to do these outrageous, crazy things that they all know about, or they might have proof of. And so that keeps you uh, subservient to them years later in life. So it can help you. And it can also hurt you if somebody tells you to do something and you don't want to go that way. And they're like, yeah, well, we have, we have this on you. Right. And I do want to mention that uh, the Skull and Bones member, Howard, uh, William Howard Taft, was also one of the members of Bohemian Club, and he spoke about a one-world government at the Grove. That was his topic. They gave a big speech about. Wow. Okay. Interestingly enough, I got, I got so I got more than you need, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah. So let's. Okay, I'll just get into this guy. So this is the dude who says he worked there, and here's here's some of the stuff that he said to me. Uh, so he worked for two weeks, and he made twelve hundred bucks. That's all they paid him. Inside, so this is like deeper in than where the women were, and even where uh, Alex Jones was, because it sounds like Alex was on the uh, you know the first night, so he was just there around the cremation of care and all this, which again is super weird. Uh, but so he really stayed there, 
for two weeks, and he was deeper in than anybody else. Okay. Inside, the visitors and members belong to smaller clubs. So this is where the hierarchy goes. So once you're a member of the Bohemian Club, that's not enough. Now uh, it breaks down into group names like Hillbillies, Wolf Club, Pow Wow Club, Owl Hoots, Caveman, Mandalay, Owl's Nest, Hillside, Lost Angels, etc. In his group, his club that he was primarily working at, the uh, biggest famous name there was David Rockefeller. Okay. David Rockefeller was there in his club and brought with him, <laughs> again, this is what he's telling me, <laughs> a young, hairless boy assistant. Jeez. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, um, and he his job primarily was cleaning up and serving food. He said that he had to go through a background check extensively to get in there. Uh, he had to wear black pants and a button-up shirt. He saw, and this goes with uh, you know what other people have said, he saw tree houses, bungalows, just like a, a little boy with a lot of money to run around and get these things. He was allowed to eat the same food that they did, uh, but after they had all eaten, and he made a big deal out of this, which makes me wonder, just, you know, you're always looking at clues. He ate tri-tip steak, and he said, he, he, I mean, he just wouldn't shut up about this, it had the most amazing seasoning, that since he's been there, he's been trying to find it the rest of his life, and he can't find anything that tastes like it. Hmm. So you wonder if there's some kind of, like, high-end secret food ingredients that's very rare and only the elite get. Right, or is know? it human flesh or something? <laughs> ah! There you go. That's why I Let's love go you, deep, my baby. Yeah, let's go. brother. <laughs> Once again, another strange occurrence here. Yes. And they drank all the time. They would serve gin fizzes served as early as 7 a.m. And remember, these guys have been out doing who knows what late into the woods until four in the morning. So very odd. So he saw George Bush, Colin Powell. He said there were other recognizable folks in telecommunications, people, presidents, bankers, the Quaker Oats guy, which I put a question mark. I, I don't I didn't ask what the hell that means. <laughs> the guy. Wilfred Brimley, maybe? Is it Wilfred Brimley? Oh, I knew he was an Al God worshiping son of us. <laughs> it's obvious. <laughs> so in his particular group, this is where we can get into, into the details. He said at his club, the one that had uh, David Rockefeller, the two who were running all the day-to-day -day stuff and, and he was answering to was a heart surgeon and a former head of AT&T. He said the heart surgeon was organizing a lot of the stuff at the camp and was his boss, the person he direct, he answered to. And uh, one day he asked something about why are there no women here? And supposedly uh, this uh, heart surgeon said, to quote Herman Woke, W-O-U-K, he's a Pulitzer Prize winning writer. He said, men can decently love each other. They always have, but women never quite understand, which seems super weird to me because it isn't always that like women are more nurturing and loving with the babies and stuff. So what the hell are they talking yeah. about? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're the ones who kill each other and have wars, you know? Okay, so inside the cabins, this will be interesting. So where they actually sleep, inside the cabins, uh, it has two beds and a small dresser, which he was very adamant about. What does this mean? Because these people are coming from all over the world, leaving mansions and vibrating fancy beds for this. So they're assigned to a cabin and who they bunk with in most of the cases and, and no bathrooms. The bathrooms are outside. So he and I was breaking this down. Like, what the hell does that mean? Like, why? And he thinks that's one of the reasons why people pay for this, because Unless they bring somebody with them, which why wouldn't they? You could essentially bunk with a president. Wow, okay. 
which is super, super weird because he made it very clear that you don't choose who you stay with, except in the case of David Rockefeller, who brought his uh, his assistant. With the exception of that, everyone just gets put with who they're they're put with. And as we were kicking it around, like, why is it so bare? Why isn't where you sleep and stay fancy? And he said, maybe that's to encourage them to stay out of the room. Maybe you go there and it's like, get the hell to the water, go for a trail, go drink booze with the men in drag. So maybe it's meant to be that you're not supposed to stay in your room. Yeah. So he said, this is a specific incident. And I wish that he knew the name of the guy. Maybe you'll even be able to guess it. So he told me a story about a concert pianist that when his name is announced that he's performing, it sells out Carnegie Hall. So some really high-end pianist. And he said that uh, he was picked on a lot. So he saw it kind of like hazing from a fraternity. And in one particular instance, Paul Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's husband, was the one that he saw making fun of him because they passed out cigars, some kind of high-end cigars, probably with the same seasoning as the steak. And so he put it in his mouth and he tried to light it. And he wasn't able to light it properly or take the right puff. And so they started making all these gay jokes about it. Hmm. We thought you'd be able to give out blowjobs and we thought you'd be better at that. And so they were really hammering him about it. It was like a bunch of uh, a frat of evil jerks and the guys being hazed. And so anyway, he got so embarrassed, he walked out. He he walked out of the room to go be alone. And uh, he thought that was really sad. And when he asked about it, somebody told him that uh, that same guy, like he, he was new to the club. Yeah. He had just gotten in the year before. And supposedly the story was that the year before when he came there, he didn't fit in either. And most of the time he talked to the help. He talked to the people who were, you know, cleaning and, and serving food. So he never quite fit in with the rich people and the cool kids. Imagine that, like, you know, could sell out overnight <laughs> Carnegie Hall. And then you got Nancy Pelosi's husband making fun of you uh, not being able to smoke a cigar. Lots of ways to go with this. Let's go back to this this worshiping of the owl god. I find that to be very strange. And especially, you know, we've mentioned a few times the quote that John Rich's friend said that it's not a big deal. Why are they worshiping an owl god? Is that some sort of a satanic idol being used here? Is this a, a secret society for Satanists that you don't find out about until you're too far down the rabbit hole? Potentially, that could be the between one and four in the morning. So that's once you've been debaucherously drinking and, and pissing and arguing and all this kind of stuff, anything satanic, anything evil, anything ritualistic, anything cannibalism, anything, you know, uh, sexual debauchery would happen between that time from one to four in the morning. And he, the guy who worked there, has things to say about that, too. So he was talking about as far as racism goes, it was limited uh, because they were starting to let more black members in and a few Jewish. Uh, mostly it was humor at women's expense or Mexican Hispanics. He saw cockroaches with Puerto Rican flags painted on their backs and they were doing like some games or races with those. And wow. then they were making jokes about Hispanics. There were whispers of prostitution rings, like arrests in the area being covered up. But uh, within the Grove, he didn't see that specifically there's something else here but uh so he saw a former speaker of energy for the united states give a speech about a war in iraq and then he opened it up to anybody who was there anybody who was there at the speech to 
give him ideas. And so he was standing in the back with the workers and he said he was invisible just watching. And he was thinking how weird that was, that this is like a real issue with real world consequences. And he's just like, hey, anybody got any ideas? Mm. <laughs> you would never see that, you know, because at that time people were talking about oil and the Bush administration and all this. And here he is just openly like, yeah, so what do you guys think? What, what, what should we do about this? Right. That really struck out as super weird to him. And it made him refer back to how everybody brags about the Manhattan Project. So while they're saying like, nobody talks about this, he literally saw this guy who's in charge of energy saying, anybody got any ideas? And why wouldn't he take their ideas back to the actual job? Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. very clicky. Groups of men traveling in packs. Uh, he said Clint Eastwood would sit with the same people. He saw Carl Rove cussing and pissing on a tree. He ordered lobster for breakfast. It was weird stuff. It was a real boys club. And here's, here's the weirdest thing from him. Uh, he said late at night he heard screams coming from deep in the woods. And he's heard a lot of hushed rumors about Asian boys being kept underground. So that's the second person who said this. What he heard was that there were tunnels being used between 1 and 4 a.m. every night. He said, I feel like there's something really weird going on. They do weird shit. And based on what we know, imagine what we don't know. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It seems like there's a lot we don't know about this. And I can break down, uh, there's a grove stage, a field circle, campfire circle, lecture halls, a lot of outdoor areas for um, events, the Al Shrine by the Lake, 2000 seat amphitheater. I mean, they've put time. Steely Dan is played there. Zach Brown Band. Uh, there's a whole bunch of, of stuff. You can actually play gigs at the Grove. If you're a member oh. or, or invited as a guest, I guess. Mm. Plus, since it's there year round, off season, maybe they do other events. Because again, if there's they can limit how far in you go. Hmm. I mean, that's so that's it from my my three people who have actually been there. Oh, I did want to mention, um, if you're familiar with the TV show House of Cards. Yes. So there was an episode and they specifically went into alluding to Bohemian Grove stuff about a secret cult. And they did reenactments and all of this, but within the fictional world. And they called it instead of Bohemian Grove, they called it. It's chapter 60 is the episode. They called it Elysian Fields. They said uh, men were only allowed in by invitation only. In the trees, uh, they get to eat together and pee together. And their quote, remember the other one was about, you know, not weaving a, a spell. The quote on the TV show for Elysian Fields was, buzzing bees do not sting here. So much emphasis on the peeing. Yes, it, it went to court. They they literally had a court case over it, and that was the reason why they justified not allowing women to be there because they needed to be open to be able to, to pee freely, openly. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So the Grove and the club is still in existence to this day. Right now, yeah. And there still has not been any type of, of injunction to get women involved. I'm sure at some point they're going to get flagged for that. No, no. That's why they hire them to work there. That's that's their um, mutual understanding, their agreement. Right. So that's how they got around it. Look, we don't let women in, but we let them work here. They're parking the cars. That's good enough. <laughs> so for now, they're able to hide behind that. And the other, it'll be interesting as life progresses and 
transgender rights and stuff. I mean, who determines what is a man or a woman when it comes to these kinds of things, you know? Right. So, you know, we can start to, you know, uh, dissect and break into conspiracy if you want, because that's facts. That's the facts, buddy. Those are the people who are there. That's what's happening. Those are people who are Well, there. dude, yeah. I mean, come on, man. Let's get into the conspiracies here. Yeah, yeah. For these, for these tunnels underground, I can't help but have a very Eli Roth hostile kind of feel. It's open for, would you like to eat somebody? Would you like to experience killing somebody? Would you like to uh, sexual debauchery? I, I feel like this is a place where you're allowed to do it and no one's going to call you out on it. You're, you're free to indulge in all of your deepest passions. And, and uh, this is it. No one's going to say anything. Mm-hmm. And then the other sad thing is to think about all of the sex rings out there in the world. And the thing, when anybody tries to crap on, you know, conspiracy talk like this, I always like to point him towards, remember when FDR was the president and he couldn't use his legs. And so there was a whole thing around hiding the fact that he couldn't use his legs. Well, if you were living in those days and you were like, I think the president can't walk. We never see him walking. People would say, ah, oh, you're crazy. Look at Epstein Island. All the stuff that was, you know, hey, rich people have a, a, an island. You can go there and be a pedophile. Oh, shut up. Right. Yeah, whatever. And it's real. So the fact that these things are out there and we know as much as we do know about this, there could be underage, you know, lost children of the world, people alone, unloved, abused, sad, and, and they're brought there just to be at the whims of these wealthy, powerful type people. So what do you, what do you think is going on there? If you, if you had with all this information that you've called and all the notes that you've made and people you've spoken to, because right now, I mean, you've, we've given a lot of facts and it seems a little bit creepy, but it's not like go behind the doors and invoke the name of Satan and, you know, murder deer and people and children and you know what i mean well no but because the greatest trick the ever devil ever did was telling the world he doesn't exist right the greatest way to hide chris jericho is in plain sight so yes if there are horrible evil things being done there then this is how you do it Uh, you know you know what i'm reminded of pinocchio where it was like uh you know this party of uh sugar and candy and then secretly what's going on behind right. being turned into donkeys. So, you know, it's, hey, come on over and we forget the women. Let's just do whatever we want. And once you've proven yourself to a certain point, then it's like, you know, oh, well, tonight, come with me. I want to show you something. And under this door, it's pick one of these people to dissect or you know, eat their flesh or cook them or torture them in some way. Or here's somebody we've been torturing for the last 20 years. Hmm. Uh, If you ever saw martyrs, but, you know, people kept underground and tortured purposely that they just live around being forever abused and tortured and malnourished and and whatever. So just the most sickest, wildest, craziest Nazi uh, operations that were being done and, and torturous, like anything could be happening underground with these people. And they're able to do it with a with a smile and a cigar and a brandy, you know. And this is like the, the Grove is is a, a yearly thing. You mentioned that somebody worked there for two seasons. Like, is there people there like right now? Is there people there in the fall? Like- the, the biggest activity is for the two week event when they celebrate with all the people from around the world. Then normally through the year, you can rent it out for private events. There's limited workers in very limited supply and a lot of security there all the time. But, you know, the other the other weird thing, if we really want to get into to crazy thoughts is the whole notion of knowledge and being able to know what the truth is and what's really going on in the world. And that kind of stuff gets into 
pyramids and aliens. And if there is a line of secret knowledge that not everyone's allowed to have, then the people who are at the most powerful are the ones who are more interested in things like eternal life. All of us are going to die. We don't want to die. We don't want to blink out. So they would love to, you know, what if there's, uh, you know, some alien remainder from the pyramid days that they're keeping under there and he's 9 million years old and he's saying, you know, I need this and this and this and they're all bowing and answering to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're vi- they're visited with visions from these owl gods and, and all of these kinds of um things i mean I, I can only guess but the world is so full of weird crazy stuff that just knowing that this does exist the way it is makes you wonder i mean you keep asking me what about you do you have any thoughts what, what are you thinking what what strikes you well once again like it's a very strange and when you get into politics and like you mentioned the, the fdr thing's a great example and, and, and epstein and all that stuff and i remember when i was like 19 years old or so i took a bus downtown to see the jets game in winnipeg and the bus driver picked me up even though the bus was closed he was just doing the run back to the terminal run run past the arena just jump on i'll take you and we started talking and this guy was like kind of a interesting guy who was claiming that if you're a shriner which is a really big thing in in canada the shrine circus was a big deal that when you got into the Shriners and after, you know, you move up the levels and when you get to the last level with the golden fez, that's when you realize that this is all what he was claiming was a satanic cult. But you don't know it until you get high up the ladder. Kind of Scientology is kind of like that, too. You don't really know what the real story of it is until you get too far in. By then you're totally all in type thing. So to me, like on the outskirts, it just seems like kind of a weird thing, kind of creepy. Is it really that bad? Well, not really. But if you get involved in it and suddenly you become one of the older statesmen, maybe those guys are knowing what's really going on over there. As we saw Alex Jones with that one cat you were talking about, that was the advisor to the president. That guy was hiding something about the Grove. No doubt about it. I think so. So he could be one of the the midnight uh, screamer raid guys. But the thing you mentioned about Scientology, they also prime you as you're going along to start to, like if you've ever had past life regression therapy where they ask you to talk about, okay, picture yourself years ago. What did you, so it's almost like they're encouraging you to lie to them. And in Scientology, they do that about these other worldly things your thetan has done. And once you've paid, you know, $400,000 or whatever, then they give you the real information about, you know, Xenu, the galactic warrior and the volcanoes and all this. Yeah. Well, Masons are, are have a, an era of secrecy around them as well, similar to what you were talking about. And the Pope, there's so much secrecy about what goes on with the Pope. How about the fact the Pope just died? Like, I didn't even know he was sick. Like, the Pope, and how many Popes have died in our lifetime? Like, 10? Those Popes are always fucking dying. Yeah, and just the whole ceremony itself and what is determined and the, the smoke coming up. And there's some really creepy, like, rabbit hole stuff you can go down with that. But that's an example. When, when you get to the tippy top of these, these people, I, I wonder if there's some truth that they know about that the average person doesn't. And, and maybe it's because they think we couldn't understand or we couldn't in whatever it is. I don't think that there's nothing. The world's pretty complex and there's a lot of really weird stuff that doesn't add up. Like I said, it's very interesting stuff here, both in facts and in, you know, figures, conspiracies, all that sort of stuff. Any final thoughts on uh, the Bohemian Grove, uh, Tim? I think that 
it sounds like a blast. I think if somebody is uh, <laughs> successful enough and selling out Carnegie Hall, put up with a couple of bullies and uh, go have your fun by the lake. I, I think it sounds like a blast. I, I would love to go. Um, I've been around enough weird, rich people with uh, the game. You know what, dude? I take it back. You know what? I would hate to go there and be sleeping in my cabin and then at two in the morning, like I'm, I'm grabbed and, and drug off to some kind of weird ceremony. Right. You know? That's my point. And you don't even know about it until you've been there plenty of times. So it's intriguing enough. And if you do, yeah. you know, if you do your due diligence on this, it is something that uh, anytime you hear the words secret society, secret tells me that uh, not everything's above board there, you know? Yeah. Well, you can certainly, if somebody wants to go down the rabbit hole, there's documentaries and podcasts and all kinds of stuff you can explore. All I can do as my job as roaming reporter for the Chris Jericho podcast is to do my research and talk to my witnesses, get the information, bring it here to share it with you. And uh, that's that's the best that I can do. Well, you did a great job today, Tim, and uh, I'm sure there'll be other creepy subjects that we can delve into in the future for sure. Sweet. Can I plug my movie? Of course, of course. I made a movie. It's a comedy. You can find me on uh, on uh, nudisthumorous.com or thenoodles.com. And it is funny and silly and wacky and body positive and a blast. Please go check that out. What's it called? It's it's called The Noodles of Noodlin. You can find it on Rotten Tomatoes. You can find it all over the place. My next movie, Hell's Coming for You, is coming out. It's uh, about a disabled bounty hunter. It's a freaking blast. Uh, I really love it. But The Noodles is the one that needs to get some love because it's harder to get something that's full of nakedness out there into the world. Well, you go, nakedness and peeing. Everyone's peeing everywhere. <laughs> no stomach's peeing. Uh, pump, though. <laughs> that's right, exactly. All right, dude. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you next time around. All right. 